Welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast, where we unpack what it's really going to take to close the gender gap in the workplace. Here is your host, leadership coach and diversity consultant, Andrea Jansen. This episode is sponsored by Duckish Natural Skincare. I am super excited that they have jumped on board to sponsor the show because I actually know Carolyn Crew, the founder, personally. A couple of years ago, before there was a Reignite Your Ambition coaching program, before there was a workshop, before there was an ambitious everyday journal, I had an idea for an exercise to help people get clear on what drives their ambition so that they could set goals, feel fulfilled, and have something to strive for. So before I could do that, I actually had a group of entrepreneurs that I knew and I asked them if I could test the exercise on them. So I asked Carolyn, what is the something that you're striving for? What drives your ambition? What motivates you to get up every day and go to work? And she said 2%. And I didn't really expect an answer like that. And I asked her to explain. And she said that only 2% of women entrepreneurs actually reach a million dollars in annual revenue in their businesses. And that is what motivated her to start Duckish Natural Skincare. They have lotion sticks, lip balm, baby products, and bath products. They're really innovative. And my favorite product is their lotion stick. It looks like deodorant, but it's actually lotion. So you just rub it on your legs, you rub it on your arms, your hands, your face. You can even use it as a lip balm. And I love it because it's solid. And when I travel, I can keep it in my carry-on and I don't need to worry about having too much liquid to get through security. And for all of the Diversity at Work listeners, Duckish is offering you 15% off of your order. So you need to head to duckish.ca, that is D-U-C-K-I-S-H, .ca and enter the promo code diversity at work at checkout and you will get 15% off of your order. The way I see it is that if you need to buy lotion anyways, might as well buy it from a women-owned business so that you can do your part to close the gender gap. They ship to the US and Canada, so head to duckish.ca and enter the promo code diversity at work and you will get 15% off. Hi, welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast. On this episode, I am having a conversation with Melissa Lloyd. She is the creator of Doodle Lovely. And in this conversation, we're talking about how to get out of your own head, be less stressed out at work, take time for yourself in as little as a couple seconds. This will help you to be less judgmental, more creative, which leads to more innovation and all those great things that make you more productive at work. So let's dive into the interview. I am super excited to share it with you today. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I was wondering if you could take a minute and tell everybody what you do. I certainly will. Hello. It's so lovely to be here. I can't wait to share some of this today, what I do, which is actually helping people manage their daily stress and transforming your like everyday chaos to calm and using the creative tools to connect to yourself. So that's I love kind it. Of, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> because seriously, like the stress we have today is crazy. Even just me this morning, um, getting to this interview was there's all these things going on. Like my kids needed to go to day camp. One needed to go to daycare. We had to bike there. They're having a food drive. It was just like all these things going on. And it was just 
so stressful. And that is what a, a snippet of most people's lives are all like. They're just, it's the same thing where you don't realize how much you're trying to juggle in a day. Yes. And so how do you help people manage that stress? Uh, I, I actually design specific products uh, that are creative tools. So I have various products. One, um, the Creative Mind Happy Soul Journal, which is all about bringing doodling into your life um, through creativity. And of course, there's the journaling aspect as well. Um, I also do uh, different workshops. So I help um, kind of bring in other tools to help people manage their everyday. Because uh, a lot of the time, it's just based on how we're kind of going through our day and kind of fumbling through it. But sometimes it's just like we can have these little tiny alterations in how we think. Um, it can have a huge impact on how we go about um, that day. Okay, so you help people through doodling, journaling, and workshops to manage that stress. So I'm curious how yeah. you figured out these tools and discovered them. So can you go back and take me back to what it was like before you kind of figured this out? Sure. Well, my, my life has always been really full. Um, I started in visual arts from a really young age, and I actually remember painting most nights before I went to bed. That was my, like, my thing. I didn't realize, though, because that's when I was quite young, the true impact until later on in life that it had. Uh, but really, creativity was a, a big piece in my life, and I actually continued it through my profession, uh, which for over 20 years I've been a graphic designer. And so it was... Um, this graphic design profession allowed me to really live and travel all around the world. And um, my longest stint was in London, the UK, where I opened up a, a design company and it was uh, an award-winning company. And it was a really beautiful experience, great for per, you know personal and professional growth. But it was highlighting as a woman how easy this whole trend of being you know intensely kind of wanting to be successful and kind of trying to keep up with the demands of the everyday how it started to take a bit of a toll. And so that's where I started to notice, you know, from even the, the, my professional life, how it started to, it was taking a lot out of me. Um, and then I actually went and moved back to the East Coast, to Nova Scotia, where we had um, children, which there was, there was a wonderful little start point to this whole family life. But I realized really quickly with motherhood, how much it just started to just what what the demands were and how I needed to give more and more and more. Well, I was trying to keep up with my work as well. So you can only imagine this was like a perfect recipe for somewhat of a disaster <laughs> because I wasn't able to kind of, you know, step away. I wasn't really, I was, I was doing all these things that were so very important, but I wasn't actually taking care of myself during this process. And that's where there was a huge impact on my overall stress levels, just in terms of the everyday stress and how it started to kind of seep out into other things. So my journey before Do the Lovely was I've had a lifetime of be really kind of practicing really stressful situations. Like I said, the moving is, is enough to, to get people, but even like having a, you know, a really a successful profession um, and also a family on top, it started to, it started to take its toll for sure. So what was happening in your career at the time? So you moved back to Canada from the UK, you started having kids. What was happening in your career at this point? I started doing more and more work. I wasn't able to say no because I always wanted to help people. And that was a big thing for me to just go, okay, I wasn't putting up the boundaries at that time. And because I knew that I was quite crafted in my area of what I did, 
Um, it also meant that there was really nice opportunities and really lovely people that would connect with me. So I didn't want to say no. Okay. Uh, so it's like, I know Grant Cardone has this quote. I don't know if you listen or read Grant Cardone's book. But he says, <laughs> you do. Success causes more problems. So you were literally living oh, that, right? hundred percent living that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so exactly. what was the shift? Like what happened and how did you discover that you needed? Cause it sounds like this has this creativity, this writing, creating art has been something that's been ingrained in your life since you were a child, which I don't think is the case for everybody. So you had that, but for some reason you lost it, but you had, you were in a creative profession. So I just, I'm really curious. You can tell me how you kind of got back to that joy of the creativity. Well, that's, you've hit it on the head right there. It's not that I didn't love my professional life, but you know, as you know, when you're doing something professionally, you know, it was the nine to five, it was about producing, it was producing all the time. So I realized really, you know, I became quite lonely on the inside. There was like this little part of me that wasn't connected to my little soul piece. And that's where creativity and, and every woman actually has it inside themselves. Even if it's not that you, you haven't practiced it in a long time, it comes out in different ways and you need to feed it. Well, I wasn't feeding my, you know, that relaxation creativity piece that kind of was, it wasn't being fed through the professional light. Um, because in the profession, it's like you have a brief and you have clear direction. And when you're doing it as a child, you're really free. It's like, I'm going to decide what I'm going to create today. Whereas in the professional life, you don't always get to decide. Well, yes, 100%. But it's also based on um, when you're engaged in, the, in your creativity, it's both the process, it's not the end result. So when I work with clients, of course, I'm always derivative, like I'm always at the, the I'm trying to figure out what is that end result. Um, so it's kind of, it's a little bit more forced. I mean, it's still a lovely process, but it's not the same process where it connects to another piece of who I am and the part that I was missing for, for quite a long time. So really what happened was I didn't take a, 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 a hiatus in terms of my professional life, but I did say no to a whole bunch of jobs right before Christmas time. And I said, I'm not going to say yes to any more. I'm just going to stop and I'm going to try to reconnect through a different creative approach. Well, that gave me a, a kind of, I was perplexed because I thought, well, what am I going to do? Because I used to be this painter and I used to be all these things, which everybody goes, well, almost it's easy for you. But actually it was incredibly difficult because I had so many um, expectations based on myself. So I stripped it all back and I actually just started to doodle circles. I was at my dining room table in Newfoundland at the time and I started to doodle these little circles. And I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so, it sounds so simple, which it was. It didn't matter that I was there if I was there for a minute or sometimes it turned into hours, but it was really all about helping me deal with my internal stress and just being able to find a complete connection to myself. And so I was nurturing that creative soul piece and going through that process again. And it's really the form of art therapy. Um, and so once I actually spent a lot of time in researching doodling as a tool, it was fascinating what I actually ended up finding. Like okay. it was, yeah. Tell me what you found out. This is really cool. Oh, so doodling on, doodling is quite a tool. Uh, and we all think, you know, in the beginning, it's like, oh yeah, no, not that you're not paying attention. Well, that's completely incorrect because what we do know by studies, you know, there was a study out that said that people that were doodling on a phone call actually can retain 29% more information than people that do not. Really? So, 
Okay, so I need to share with you something because I am a doodler and when I was in high school, I would draw, that's what I did, right? Like I would draw all over my notebook, I would draw, and like this is not advanced drawing, like I would draw, like I still draw the same shapes, like tulips, simple tulips, snakes. I love this. Like sometimes faces, very basic, Um, but I used to get feedback and I think this was even on one of my report cards that I needed to stop doing that. And it was, I was not good. And I was always kind of ashamed of it, but it was something that it was just natural for me to do as I was listening. And I kind of had to hide it for a while. And then I think later on, I learned that there's like different kinds of learning and some people need to be writing in order to be paying attention. Cause if you're just sitting there with nothing, you zone out. That's what I would do. If I sat there doing nothing, I would zone out and not pay attention. So that's I, what, that's what yeah, that's so the 29% more information if you're doodling is amazing for me, but I just find it so fascinating that I was doing that as a teenager and people like really discouraged me. Well, I mean, a lot of people just didn't understand and have it, they, you know, they're at that point in time, they didn't understand the psychology behind doodling mm-hmm. and really what, what, the, what was happening when somebody was doodling. Um, so, you know, all, uh, thankfully we've had, we have so many researchers now and, and there's, um, a prevalent person called Sonny Brown who actually researches doodling on every angle and even within business. Um, so it's, it's something that I always say it's not, you're not aimlessly doodling cause you're actually, there is things that are happening as well. It's, it's, you know, it's allowing you to be in that present moment. So you're not miles away. Um, you're connecting to pieces inside yourself that you don't even realize, you're actually fostering your creativity, which a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not creative. I'm like, this is the greatest thing with doodling is if you can do shapes and you can do lines, you can doodle. So it's a great way to start your creative journey um, and be able to connect with that creative self because there's no judgment. There's no expectations. It's not about creating anything in particular. It just comes out of you in different forms or shapes. So are you supposed to analyze it or is it just kind of like, oh, I did this today and... No, I did, you know what? So you don't know, not at all. But if you want to get your doodles analyzed, you can go to a psychologist <laughs> because there are people that can decipher doodles because every doodle that you do, your tulips actually mean something. Oh, um, it's part of your, it's part of your psyche and people go, well, I don't want to know that. So I always say, no, me either. So just go and have fun and enjoy being in that moment or whatever that that little signature doodle is for you like again a lot of people do their actual signature there's mm. there's a sound they'll go over and over and over for me the doodling aspect is the ability to really slow your your mind down and being able to kind of be as a you know foster that rela- relaxation mode inside of yourself um because that's the, the breath that we're kind of all looking for in, in different ways. We may do it through a certain kind of uh, meditation or whether it's, you know, there's lots of different ways to do it. Googling is actually, it's like creative mindfulness. That's amazing. So you went from, so you discovered this and now you have these beautiful journals and you have a process to help people who are in the corporate world and burnt out find doodling and use it as their mindfulness, use it to boost creativity, help them focus. So tell me about those. So in the workspace or with personally? Yeah, tell me, I guess, tell me how it started. So how did these journals and these workshops start? How did Doodle Lovely begin and become a thing? So I, after I went through a lot of my processes and really looked back at a lifetime of experience in this world, um, I'd been taking courses in art therapy 
um, and in mindfulness. So I've, I've, I've educationally, I'm always trying to move the kind of the bar. Um, I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, I know all these pieces that work. I need to put it into a product so I can help more or, or, or allow people to experience this um, in a way that's simple. It's, it's not long. It's easy. But it's something that I know based on science and based on even my own life, it works. So that allowed basically that, that questioning or that statement to myself, then it really was about designing a book. The big, the, the, you know, I designed a couple books at the same time, but my creative mind, Happy Soul Journal, is the one that is kind of the hopeful, doodle-loving product. Okay, I love it. And have you, did you get, did you hit any roadblocks along the way as you were kind of creating this thing, this doodling process for people? Uh, not for to do the lovely product because I had hit all my roadblocks prior in my own personal life and, and just oh. my life. I think that's the, the gift of it um, is that I've had lots of roadblocks my entire lifetime and I've used them as opportunities to really go in and, and explore myself and how I turn them over and, and how I can see it as an opportunity. So the designing of products was actually something very freeing for me to do. I, I had, I have to say the process was really liberating because I had all the information. I had all the research and I, it was about me being able to express it in a way that I could connect with other people. So I didn't, I didn't feel the, the there was many roadblocks to the actual. I think it's because you had so many years of like that commercial graphic design experience. You knew how to connect with an audience. So you knew like what it would take to bring this process to life in like a mass, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. No. And I, I, I definitely, that was, that's a, a really great thing that I was, I'm able to do. Um, but also it's about being able to know how to connect with people and pick the right pieces that will resonate. And I was really conscious when I was designing this journal that I, I realized our attention span is sometimes very limited. Um, so I wanted to make sure that when I built the product, it wasn't going to be something that was like, oh, great, it's just doodling or, oh, great, it's just journaling, even though those are amazing tools. But there's an ability for you to go in and be playful and fun with different pieces that will help your growth as well. So, Melissa, tell me what the implications are for people being distracted at work all the time. The biggest thing is individual productivity and, and go, going in and doing your job really, really well. Uh, because we are, you know, because we're in the technolo technological world, we are checking our phones, they say, every 12 minutes. And this is something that is having a huge impact on productivity. Um, it's also hugely impacting our long-term mental health. So even how we show up to work in a healthy state of mind, being kind of um, happy to be there is a, is a big piece. And just fostering uh, relationships within the teams and, and at home because they both kind of go together. It's, it's, I, I always deal with work and personal life as the same kind of thing. Oftentimes, uh, they have to blend into one another. Um, so yeah, there's, there's huge implications at, at work because of the fact that we're not, you know, we're also, we're not sleeping as well. And so we're never really giving our full attention to anything or anyone. So you talked about mindfulness and I know I've heard about it and um, a lot of people find it intimidating myself. I do too. Cause I imagine it's like, Oh, I need to sit down in a meditation chair and say nothing for 20 minutes every day. And it's intimidating. And it's like, I'm already overwhelmed. So like, how am I going to find that 20 minutes? So I want you to tell me how you get people to do that with doodling in the workday, because you said it's mindfulness, right? 
It's all, it's creative mindfulness. So I actually, it's all about being able to pause. And it's about being able to um, have, take breaks and learning and learning to hit that pause button. So I actually, with, within the corporate world, it's about taking those breaks away from your desk, going in and doing the doodling, the journaling, or something, even it could be a walk. It's about being in that moment and being really conscious, leaving your phone at your desk, you don't need to take that with you, to go into that more mindful present state. You don't have to, it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't have to take long to be mindful. It's just a matter of removing all the distractions around you and concentrating on what literally the moment that you're in. And that's really, it's such, it sounds like such a simple thing, but it's actually really hard for most people. So what are the barriers that hold people back from just doing it? A lot of the time it's just not understanding the process or uh, to your point, it's like, Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to have to sit there for 20 minutes and it's both a big meditation. This is the great thing about mindfulness and how it's coming out. Meditations can be done in, in various different ways. So it doesn't have to be that you literally sit down in silence to experience mindfulness. Um, it's also about being just being open. Because um, sometimes, you know, we think, oh gosh, that's like way left wing. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. That's kind of like they have, we have judgments about it. Um, but it's about going, well, actually, it's something that's so well studied now and it's showing. You know, when I look at like most high profile CEOs, they're all dealing, you know, they're in the meditational and mindfulness space because they realize the impacts it has on, you know, the productivity side, the creativity side, and also just the ability to just relax. So how could someone get started doing this? It's like, okay, I'm overwhelmed at work. What's the first step? Put your phone down. Grab a piece of paper that's on the on your desk or a back of an envelope or a napkin. This is a great thing. It's free. And start just creating shapes. Just just do shapes. Even if you want to do shape. circles. Any shape. Take your favorite shape. Mine's a circle. Take your favorite shape and start doing circles all over the page, various different sizes. You can connect them. You can see where it goes. It's not about, it's just about being in that moment and in that space and just kind of letting yourself go and have a little bit of fun. And how long should you do that for? You can do it for 30 seconds. You can oh. do it for two minutes. You really, honestly, like it's, my whole philosophy is it doesn't, it doesn't have to take more than five minutes. Um, it's funny because when you start getting into it, it's, it's something that can, can grow. Uh, but you really, it, it, you know, you can be there for a minute and it, that's, it's like, it acts like a breath, essentially. I love it. So it kind of takes the intimidation out of meditation because it's like, oh, I'm just doodling on a post-it for... 30 seconds and you get the benefits. hundred percent. I love it. Well, it's, it's a conscious piece as well. You're making a conscious decision to stop and actually do something that will help you connect to that moment. So that's a big piece in itself because a lot of time we just, we're walking around and we're kind of unconscious and we're not, we're, you know, this is a, this is an activity that maybe is not something that you usually choose in your life. So it's like, okay, I'm choosing this. So it's really, it's a really powerful piece is, you know, what you're saying to yourself internally as well. Okay. So I have a question about getting ahead. So get, if someone wants to get to the next level in their career, they want that promotion or they want to be put on a more challenging project. I know that that causes, can cause stress, that can cause overwhelm, that can cause people to hold themselves back because they're like, I can't take on the work. So yeah. what are some things people can do to get themselves ready to take on the next challenge? I think this whole, this runs into this whole word of self-care. Um, it's really important that 
it's the preventatives that you're creating. So knowing that you've got a really good sleep routine, um, that you have a really robust routine in your day, that you're taking the breaks, you're having, you're implementing physical activity, drinking lots of water. All these things are the, they're, they're priming you to be able to be more resilient in these stressful times and situations. So it's, it's just looking at what you, you know, are you a person that usually runs your, your kind of tank dry <laughs> or do you kind of keep it topped up? And that's the big thing is it's trying to keep it topped up so that you can then move to the next level and it's not so, it's not such a dramatic uh, shift or pain point. So I have a question on when you're stuck in that moment of overwhelm. So I'm just thinking it's yeah. like, there's so many things going on. I got a presentation to do. I got to pick up my kid at this time. The big boss is coming in tomorrow. We got to get the presentation for ready for that. I've got all these things going on. Yeah. And when you're in that moment is, does this work as you're like, okay, I could just grab the post-it and doodle and then start again. Is that a tool? Absolutely. Well, I have a tool called doodle breathing and it's the same when we do your deep breaths. Um, it's actually, you have your do your deep breaths, but you also have a piece of paper and you, you actually on your exhale, you go around on a piece of paper and you see far, how far you can exhale out with your, your pen going around on a piece of paper. And it actually shows you um, how well you're breathing in terms of the depth of your breath um, from being able to breathe through doodling. Oh, that's cool. Cause I've heard I, in yoga, I've gone to yoga quite often, um, but I'm not a super hardcore yogi. And I know they always talk about the breath all the time, but I find it a little bit intimidating. And I find it actually, it took me a long time to actually even notice my breath. So I love that idea of drawing because it's like the right away, you can start to notice your breath and it's tangible because you can see it in the doodle. You absolutely can see it in the doodle. Yeah, you can, you can, it, again, that's that form of the art therapy and where you can actually see where you're at and how, like, even based on your, if you're, you're scribbling um, lines, like if it's super fast, it just shows where you're at from a, a heart rate perspective as well. So. Oh, that's cool. So if you're feeling super overwhelmed and you do that, you could just do it a couple of times until you can see the doodles kind of calm down. You can actually, well, if you, and if you really want to, like, if you're really stressed out, I would say like, grab your piece of paper and just scribble or scratch away, like just let it out. Cause really a lot of this is about letting it out. Oh, that is so cool. So it's like a super cool tool so that you can get yourself out of that overwhelm and then focus again on what you need to do. Absolutely. That's, That's exactly. cool. I have another question about diversity. So I'm all about diversity, about working with people that are different than you, being open to new perspectives. How can this, like, this mindfulness and this doodling prepare people for that, to be more open to new ideas? Uh, well, creativity in general is something, you know, we, we start to lose as we um, are in our teenagers because we become very, or people have become very judgmental and we become very self-conscious. So being able to go outside your comfort zone and start to express in different ways allows you to see things in a whole different way. And it actually allows you to shift that mindset of it's all, it, it can only live in, in one way because you're starting to see it in all different um, fashions on the, on the paper. And that can actually transcend into how we see people as well. Uh, really knowing that we have to be open and not wearing the judgment because that's what it's not about. It's about being able to, 
kind of embracing um, every line and every person that comes into our life. Oh my goodness. What's that? I love that. It's the judgment because that's what keeps us like, we're so judgmental and like, there's lots of unconscious judgments that we have, oh, but yeah. just getting stuff down, connecting with the paper, resetting your mind. I love that idea of opening it up to new opportunities and letting go of that judgment. That is super powerful because we are so judgmental. And I think a lot of people, we don't even realize that we are. Well, and we don't even realize like with judgment is it's a, it's a big one, but it's also when you bring it back to yourself, like the ability to play, like as adults, we really lose that ability to go in and just let go a little bit and play and be playful. I mean, we're, we, we've got this wonderful thing called life and we're like so serious all the time and we're trying to get to the next level and we're trying to do the next thing. What is that exactly doing for who we are as individuals? So bringing a little bit of play and having fun is, is a great thing to do. Cool. Do you have any examples of people who have adopted this in their work routine and like what's happened to them? Well, I have um, one specific person who actually use, uses this as her break every single day and her ability to be able to it, uh, walk away from the work at hand and be able to go into her book, be able to do her doodling and then go back to the task at hand. And she has said to me on numerous occasions, it's amazing how my, I'm so much more focused or if I'm having a really hard time with a problem or I'm trying to solve something, I actually go away, I doodle and I'll come back. And a lot of the time that's where my aha moment happens. It's actually, you just get, you've got to give it that space. Your mind has to have that space to be able to create the solution. Um, so it's, it's been really impactful for her specifically, uh, in the, in the workspace. So I like that idea of a routine. So how can people get into the routine of this? Because I know it's great. Like you're listening to this podcast, people, <laughs> you might even stop right now and start making some circles or squares on the page, but like the one time is good, but like making it a routine is a thousand times better. Right. So how can people make this a routine? Routine. This is the biggest, this is a whole other topic. Routine. Um, Set a, set a, a timer on your phone and actually, you know, if it is something that it's, you know, try to pick your quietest time. So if it is before bed, that's a really big thing that I'm, I'm working on right now. It's a sleep product. Um, it's all about trying to find the calming activities before bed so you can truly unwind your mind. So if it's something that you go pick the best time, if it's in the morning, if it's in at lunchtime, as consistent as possible, um, to use that as your kind of your breath, that's, that's what I would suggest. If you, uh, if you know that you don't really have much of, you, you can't implement a routine because maybe your days are all different, there's really, there's one spot in your day that will be more consistent. So try to kind of align it with that. So it could be, I've heard people like with the routine, they talk about, do you brush your, because people always say it's too hard. I don't have time. I won't remember, blah, 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 all these excuses. And it's like, do you brush your teeth every day? Right. And people can figure out like exactly when they brush their teeth, like there's some kind of trigger. So would it be helpful if it's like, you know what, um, you know, right before I eat lunch, before I can leave my desk or open the fridge and grab that lunch bag, I'm just going to take 30 seconds and do a doodle and that becomes my trigger. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, you could absolutely do that. The, the thing is with lunch, a lot of people are not taking lunch nowadays. Oh. So that's the scary part is that it's like a sliding scale of, you know, when they can take lunch because they're doing, you know, meetings over lunch break. Uh, so it's, it's about looking at your week and scheduling it in. That's the biggest thing too. It's like, okay, if you don't schedule it in with yourself, it's not going to happen. That's why I put a little, uh, 
you know, for me, it's a lot easier because I practice it all the time. But I, I will honestly, I put it in my, um, my phone and my phone will, alarm will go off to tell me just to go and take a breath, to go my, do my doodle basically. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Okay. So this was so awesome, Melissa. And I always encourage people to take action within 24 hours after they learn something new. So can you give me one thing that people can do that actually I'm going to do as well in the next 24 hours to get started, being more mindful? Take a moment to do something that you just enjoy. So even if it's for five minutes, you decide that you just want to listen to music or you're going to pick up a book or whatever it is, in 20, within the next 24 hours, give yourself that opportunity to just be in the moment and slow down. Okay. I love it. Five minutes. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Okay. <laughs> so if people want to learn more about you, uh, where do they find you? Uh, you can go onto my uh, webpage, which is dolovely.com, and uh, you can learn more. And you can certainly reach out to me on um, hello at dodolovely.com. And if you're in the Halifax area, there's uh, my Hive products down at Inkwell Boutique uh, downtown. And so, but yep, everything's online. So (laughs) awesome. So dodolovely.com. So I'll put the link in the show description. And listen, this was a joy. Thank you so much for this. And I am going to make sure I do five minutes of doodling today. So thank you for that. My gosh, love I, it was it was wonderful, Andrea. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Before you go, I wanted to tell you about my brand new ambitious everyday journal. It's actually a PDF and it is totally free. And it's a process that you can do over nine days that will help you figure out what ambition means to you and help you set goals that are aligned with your ambition so that you can feel fulfilled. You can feel like you want to do the work to make those goals happen. And this is actually the same process that I walk all of my clients through. So you know those clients that are bringing in $25 million deals for their company, clients that are going out and negotiating themselves $15,000 raises. This is where where they all started in this exercise that I call what drives your ambition. So if you want to get your hands on that, head to andreajansen.com forward slash journal and grab yours today. Hey, if you're still listening to the podcast, if you made it this far, I would probably assume that you're getting some value out of these weekly podcasts. And I would like to ask you a favor. If you could take a minute to give me a review on iTunes. So click on the podcast, give me some comments, give me some feedback because that helps spread the word about the Diversity at Work podcast and it helps to build more diversity champions and get people learning, get people curious about what it's really gonna take to close the gender gap. And after you've done that, if you still have some time, you could take a screenshot of the podcast and post it in your social media that can help spread the word as well. Thank you so much.